Okay, freaks, this is the guide to your psychopath. This podcast is not about me telling you how you're fucked up. I'm here to learn about your past and how it affects your decision making. I've been studying people for a long time now, but I've never asked them how their mind goes through the process. I want to read your guide. I want to know how you think and feel. This will not be edited to take snippets out of context, but I believe everybody will benefit from hearing all of the conversation. Learning your guide will make it better for me to understand you. All right, welcome to the Guide to Your Psychopath. Today we have my friend, and uh, we're going to keep him anonymous, but uh, we're going to have a nice conversation, and we're going to see where this leads. So... What I wanted to ask you is, uh, to start off with, do you know where your dad was born? He was born in Minnesota. In Minnesota, okay. And your mom? In uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas, okay. And where were you born at? Bozeman, Montana. Bozeman, Montana. And you are a white male, right? Yes. And uh, how old are you? I am 60. You're 60 years old. That's awesome. Do you remember any parts of your uh, childhood? What's the earliest childhood recollection? Living in Montana. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So we lived on a little farm in a real small town, about uh, 20 miles probably from Bozeman. Uh, My father had horses. Chickens, little stuff like that. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and he did that for a living, or what did he do for a living? No, he was uh, worked in the uh, logging business. Okay. And so, growing up on the farm, did you ever play with the animals and stuff like that? I got bucked off of a calf when I was <laughs> probably four years old. Oh, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got bucked off into the wall of a, a, our barn. Uh huh. Yeah. I never rode a calf again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you guys had uh, chickens and stuff. And you remember tasting the eggs from the chicken? I vaguely remember my mother holding up an egg to a candle. Uh huh. I guess. I, I don't know she, what she was checking for, but that's about it. Oh, okay. And uh, you went to school out there in Minnesota? No. Uh, I went oh, to. Montana. Uh, Kindergarten and first grade in uh, Bozeman, Montana. How was that? I don't remember much of it. Uh, I remember there were no snow days. You, It snowed, you went to school. You still went to school? Yeah. How, how did you like the snow? Or were you tired of it? I think I was too young to remember how I liked it. No, yeah? Yeah. To this day, do you still like the snow? or? I think it... Uh, when it snows, it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. I've been in snow later on. Um, kind of a cleansing thing for the earth, I think. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know? It's always a good thing to have any kind of participate or precipitation. Now, uh, was your childhood? Uh, do you remember any kind of uh, rough childhood or any kind of uh, just bad stuff happened to you as a little kid? Uh, 
not me personally, I guess, you know, to myself. Um, my father and mother uh, got a divorce when I was about five. And my mother remarried to, I'm not calling, I'm not going to call him a gentleman. Uh, he was other than, other than that. He, he was definitely other than that. He was pretty mean. And, uh, and you lived with your mom at that time? My mom and my stepfather and my sisters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I lost my mother in, when I was six because of this gentleman. Uh, came home drunk one night and uh, told, told her he was going to kill her. And things calmed down. You know, uh, I remember running in and grabbing a BB gun that I had. And he broke it. And that night, everything kind of calmed down. And a couple weeks later, uh, December 23rd, 1966, 9 o'clock at night, come home drunk again. Started beating the shit out of my mom. Um, my mother told my oldest sister, who was nine at the time, called the police department and she went in the kitchen to do that and he followed her and ripped the phone out of the wall. And uh, my sister ran out of the house to the neighbors. Uh, he came back in the front room and put me and my other sister in a, a bedroom that was next to my, my parents' bedroom, closed the door, Next thing I hear is two shots. And uh, so I guess that's pretty tragic. Yeah. For a six year old. Yeah. That's kind of gruesome. And for you to try to protect your mom with that BB gun, that would have been, I don't know, something, uh, something that had you uh, go up and uh, try to get that and stop him. Try to be a man real early. Yeah failed you know I, I look at it over the years I should have been I should have been better and maybe she would be around you know well do you think that you had any kind of guns weapons training or with a knife or you, you could have done anything different I mean as a six year old not many people have done that no I don't I don't I don't think I could have done anything. It's just that that's over the years of thinking about it, you know, something that you beat yourself it, up about. It, it just haunts you, okay. you know. Yeah, it just really haunts you. And to get when the shots went off, I, we came out of the bedroom and I'm trying to get through the door in their bedroom, and uh, I couldn't get the door open. I got knocked through the door. I, I, I imagine it was the police coming through there. And before I hit hit the ground, I'm not, I looked off to the left-hand side, and what I seen was not what you see on TV. 
and it's a yeah it's how do you call it I think yeah that's uh I think I do uh, deal with that all my life mm -hmm. you know yeah I've been through a similar situation not nothing as drastic as uh, listening to my mom get shot, but I was a uh, young child listening to my mom get beat to shit and uh, trying to protect my younger sisters. But uh, yeah, it does leave an imprint on you. It does. It makes me uh, very uh, defensive with those who you who you love. Who I love uh, can't really handle. Uh, People screaming or crying or it sets me off into very protective mode you know I, like you got to take care of the all these situations that you don't really have control of yeah 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 now <clears throat> after that uh, where did you guys go live at um, we my father came and got us uh, we moved to uh, Pontiac, Michigan, um, just days after that happened. Uh, we, we moved to Pontiac, Michigan. Kind of took you a long time to try to get into a normal routine after that? It's kind of funny because I don't know if I was too young to understand. Um, Never really, really, uh, <coughs> things, things moved so quick that you didn't have time to think about what had happened. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until later years that, you know, you it, the started, process it started to surface again. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we moved to, uh, Pontiac, Michigan and, uh, during the riots and, uh, being a being a white guy from a farm and moving to a school that was ninety nine percent African American, um, a lot of uh, what the hell? <laughs> Hold on, come on, guys. He's uh, their dogs uh, let himself into the house, so he's uh, gonna put them back outside. But yeah, that's a. Uh, how do you call it? Going to a 99% black school is a whole lot of learning went on in that first grade year. Learned to run real fast. Uh, uh, then I got to a point where I wouldn't go to school. And so... so what the, at what point was that? How old were you? I was still uh, six. You were six years old and you stopped going to school. I remember as a six-year-old that school was very important to me. And for you to it was go through that kind of drastic change, to have to defend yourself like that. Well, that, that's, I think that's what part, of, part of the reason I didn't go to school is because, you know, I was a target. Yeah. And uh, I just didn't want a part of that. You know, so... I fell first grade. 
Was there any kind of changes after the fact of the of of dropping out of school and stuff like that? Did you change uh, households or did you just get homeschooled or? No, my father moved us to uh, Washington. Moved to Washington, Harvey. <laughs> and. Uh, the state of Washington. The state of Washington. Yeah, yeah. That's a big uh, climate change. It was a whole, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of rain there. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Yeah. Lived right on the, uh, basically, the coast, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, and then uh, got back and, you know, started go to school there, and everything seemed to be... Going good, uh huh. You know, yeah. And so you grew up uh, part of your life there in Washington. Uh, did you graduate high school from there? Um, I went when I lived in the West Side. I, I went from first to ninth grade. Um, for seven of those years, I had perfect attendance. Um, good student. Uh, we moved to the east eastern side, the Tri Cities, and uh, I was living. You know, all those years I was living with my dad and my stepmom, my sisters. And when we moved to the Tri Cities, uh, the day after we got there, uh, my stepmom just left. I never said goodbye, or so I went. Through, left all the kids. She left us kids with my dad. Me and my uh, my sister is a year older than me. Uh, my other sister had a lot of problems, and so she was kind of living on her own. Um, but I went through high school with um, no mother. Uh, my father was either working or in a bar all the time. So I really didn't have any supervision. Uh, going through uh, high school, played sports. Uh, what kind of sports? Uh, played football. Uh, I played baseball all the way up to Babe Ruth. Um, then I got into cars. Yeah, at an early age. At a very early age. How uh, did you? Uh, how did you get into cars? Well, everybody. Back then, wanted to you know get their license and have a car. Yeah, in high and, school, uh, especially in high school, and through some circumstances, I come across a really nice car, and I had that while I was in high school. And, but then, academics didn't matter. Drugs started coming into the picture. Girls started coming into the picture. Can I ask you what kind of drugs? Name it. Anything. Everything but heroin. Mm-hmm. We was there. We. I just say we experimented with it. Yeah. For quite a few years. Yeah, I you think know? back then uh, LSD, right? LSD dropping tabs. LSD, angel dust, speed, meth, mescaline. 
course, marijuana, alcohol. But no, I didn't graduate high school. I was told by an English teacher at the last semester that if I didn't get a B, I would have to go, you know, to summer school. Mm -hmm. By an English teacher, and and I only had three classes left, and I started buckling down. And two weeks before school was out, she said, read out the grades, and I'm one one point from an A. And she tells me, uh, you're going to have to go to summer school. Well, with no parents, living on my own my senior year, I just walked out of school. I didn't have anybody to go talk and tell my problems to. Yeah. Uh, I had to work full time. Um, what did you do for work? I, like anybody else, worked at being anything from a dishwasher to construction to uh, gas stations, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I didn't have anybody to go and say, hey, this, this is what's going on. And <clears throat> I went back a couple of years later to a junior college and, and, uh, and completed my high school diploma mm-hmm. because I was so close. Um, so, yeah. So I got a high school diploma from a, uh, not a GED, but a high school diploma from a junior college. That's pretty good. For you to go through all that trauma and stuff like that and still end up getting your high school diploma, that's seemed like a, a big uh, achievement, right? It was something that uh, I knew I needed. Yeah. You know? And... Um, I think if I was farther off from the credits, I, I probably wouldn't have done it mm-hmm. because it, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of credit hours. And I, but I made it through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, at what point did you uh, join the Navy? Oh, I. At 25, I joined the Navy. I'd moved from uh, as a, working as a commercial electrician down in the Bay Area for two or three years, mm-hmm. and then we, me and my father and his wife, uh, at the time, and uh, they're from Portland, mm-hmm. so I ended up back in Portland, Oregon, <coughs> and. Um, that's where I joined the Navy. How did you like Portland? Well, I met the best girl of my life in Portland. So, did you? Uh, and uh, told her I was going to join the Coast Guard or something. And because when I got there, I I didn't have no money. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, unemployment had kicked in, and I literally had an apartment with no furniture, no nothing. Slept on a sleeping bag. And I think at that point, man, as uh. You know, like a lot of people, man, I probably thought my life was, I had it all under control, and and uh, really it was not in control at all. At any, uh, at, a, at any time, did you have any kind of uh, episodes where you, your past had come back to uh, bite you? There were a few times where 
It got a little crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think it, it comes up when you least expect it. Yeah. You know? Yes, it does. Yeah. Now, when you joined the Navy, was it, uh, what did you join as? What was your uh, job? Uh, I wasn't a uh, hydraulics mechanic. You were a hydraulics mechanic. Okay. On the uh, aircraft? F-18s. F-18s. Uh, early F-18s. They just started getting into the fleet. And, uh, yeah, I did my first, well, after schools and everything, I did my first tour in Japan, in Japan, toward the Midway, uh, with the very first Hornets to be on that ship. It was, uh. It broke me into the Navy because uh, those guys are always gone, um, a lot of time away. Uh, and my wife lived in Japan with us, and uh, I think I only seen her like six months in the first three years. Mm -hmm. Had two kids, <laughs> but yeah, that's what, yeah. Two kids and a wife in Japan in a strange country, and you're off Every, everywhere. She liked it. Did she? She loved Japan. Yeah. yeah. My, my kids. She got around all right. Yeah. Yeah. She's a very uh, independent person. She mm -hmm. she uh, a lot of pride in her. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Now, uh, being on that new platform of the F-18s, seems like, to me, I know that uh, I had uh, an awesome time as an aircraft mechanic. Did you like, did you like your job? Oh, yes. Uh, I didn't really get to work in my shop that much in my first tour, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I went to being a troubleshooter. I'd got all my quals and made E5 in a couple of years, and and uh, I love being a troubleshooter. Yeah, yeah, flight deck. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome up there. I mean, sometimes it could get hot though. You get hot and you get cold. Yeah, uh, the stars at night, right? Have you oh. ever seen the stars at night? Oh, oh my gosh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. There's nothing like seeing plankton at night. Oh, yeah. That you too. Know, I didn't want to see, tell anybody that I'd seen something glowing in the water at first because I thought they'd think I was nuts. But then when they mentioned it, it was like, okay, now, you know, yeah. I'm not seeing things. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very beautiful out there. Did you ever end up seeing, like, any whales or dolphins or anything like that? Oh, yes. Lots of dolphins. Yeah. Uh well, sharks, you know, yeah. Did you guys ever uh, end up crossing the equator? Yes. So uh, you are a shellback? Yes. Back when they really did it. <laughs> you know? Down to your skivvies and running, a, a crawling across the flight deck. Yep. Yeah. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. It's a long... Long day. Oh, absolutely. But you better take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. 
people throwing stuff at you or making you eat, whatever. Yeah. Crawling through a a river of yesterday's and the day before's food. Garbage. Garbage, yeah. It was a good feeling to get it over with. Um, Proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to me, that seems like uh, that's one of one of the parts of the Navy that I like is that they still try to keep tradition. I think so. Yeah. As much as the political people will let them. Yeah. You know. It's a good experience. Yeah. Now, did you uh, spend any time stateside as a sailor? I spent my next. Uh, 16 years in NAS Lemoore. Oh, Lemoore. I came out of uh, I came out of Japan as an E5 under four years, and I went to be an instructor for F-18s. And I really liked that. I really liked teaching and uh, making sure that the students were... Uh, got the necessary skills to, to go on to their commands. Yeah. We've seen a lot of people go through. How long did you do teaching for? I did two tours, actually, uh, so six years. Six years. I did a, my first tour, and then I went to Seagull Squadron in Lamore for five years. Um One thing I, I'm proud of that squadron is that I was, I was a head air framer to put the jet uh, jet up out at the pedestal on the main side. And I got to be involved in that, take the gear off while it was getting framed up on the pedestal. Uh-huh. So every time I go by it, I, I, you know, I did that. Uh, then I went back to being an instructor. <coughs> um At Namtrey and Lamore for another three years, and and uh, the Super Hornets were coming out, and I wanted to go to the first Super Hornet squadron, so I uh, was handpicked basically to uh, go to uh, VFA 115 in Lamore, and I. Did the inaugural cruise with the uh, Super Hornets, um, and did a long cruise, ten and a half months, and the first one with them. And you remember what ship? The USS Lincoln. Oh, and the Lincoln. Mm -hmm. I was on there when uh, George Bush landed on it. Um, and a lot of memories of the Navy that you know. Uh, Every four years, I want it out. <laughs> and I, you keep re-enlisting. I keep re-enlisting. Uh, back then, they didn't give you incentives to re-enlist for my rate, so I never, I never got a penny to re-enlist, but I had a family, uh, children, and so that's what kept me in, I think, you know. How maybe. important was that to for you to help them and just make sure that your family was okay. I wanted a, something that I didn't have. 
I wanted a home for my, my kids that we've only bought one home. So I wanted a home that no matter where my children went later on in life, they could always come back to it and say, this is where I grew up basically. Really? And, uh, it was a struggle. Um, you know, making sure that they're doing the right thing when, when I'm not here, but my wife did a very, very good job with them. And today, uh, you know, they're, they're both independent. Uh, they both have families. Um, they both married into Navy guys. Uh, one, my oldest daughter's uh, husband got out when he had about nine years in, but then he, you know, he utilized what the military would give him with the GI Bill, and mm -hmm. he's got a very good uh, occupation as a uh, HVAC, uh, heating, air conditioning. Okay. My other daughter married, uh, she went to college in Texas and met a gentleman at Texas A&M, and, &M and uh, Married, married him after she got her education and got her career going. Uh, they'd stayed in touch all the years. They, um, now they're here in Hanford. Uh, oh, close by. He's, they live about a half mile from me. Uh, my other daughter lives in Fresno. But uh, her, my youngest daughter's husband, the Navy, he's a lieutenant in the uh, uh, pilot. He flew Super Hornets for his first tour, and now he is an instructor pilot for F 35s. So, oh, really proud of him. F 35s, uh, wow. Really proud of him. Uh, how do you call it? But uh, as a father, not being around uh, and then coming back. You know, uh, my dad was never around, ever. Um, that kind of hurts because you're in the back of my mind. I'm like, I got a job and it took me away a lot too. So that I wasn't around there. Uh, the children as most fathers would be, yeah. you know, I'm grateful that my wife, uh, stayed with me for 34 years. I'm, not the easiest person to get along with. Um, very demanding. Uh, everything has to move forward. You know, trying to lighten up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you start reflecting, Pat, you know, from your days back, and, you know, you, you try not to let those problems come back and, just dictate the way you're treating your family, right? I've tried. Uh, I think mostly my wife's support, you know. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, she kind of grounded you. No. She is probably one of the most patient people I've ever met in my life. No, what I mean grounded, I don't mean like punishment but just kind of kept you from 
Oh yes, yeah, uh, yeah, on that side, sure. Yeah, she is. Uh, she is my best friend. Um, talk to her every day. You know, like hours. But if it wasn't for her, I probably, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I don't think left up to left up to me I'd have probably done something even stupider so yeah I, I'm very grateful for her you know now when you were raising your kids was there did you have any kind of issues disciplining them at all no 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 Like I say, when it, you know they're arguing or something like that, man, I think I went high to the right too many times. I just couldn't handle. I can't, I can't handle people being like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> I could have done a lot of things better. <clears throat> Definitely. Did you ever tell them about your past? Yes. Your kids? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they know. Now, when uh, they bring the grandkids around, how does that make you feel? Gives me a second chance to get it right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't yell at them. Uh, I love my grandkids with all my heart. Um, I... For sure, they love me. Yeah, they, you know, uh, when they come through the door, they start yelling your name, Grandpa, Grandpa. That makes me feel old but good. <laughs> you know, um, and it's nice having them around close by. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, how do you call it? It's uh, like I said. It's a, you take all the mistakes you made the first time. Try not to make those mistakes again, you know. And that's it's a work in progress. But my oldest granddaughter's like twelve, so hopefully, hopefully she looks at me like a good guy. Yeah, yeah, like a hero. I'll, I'll settle with a good guy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you uh, <clears throat> what do you plan on doing here in, uh, with work? Do you plan on sticking around for a long time, or I've been out there for a long time. Yeah. So, um, I I came to work here when I got out of the navy. Uh, when this depot level uh, started, was that uh, 2007? Uh, August 2006. Uh huh. We, uh, small group of us, uh, came in there and we had no airplanes. And then we got started getting airplanes and then things started going. And I, I enjoyed what I did as a sheet metal mechanic. Uh, I, Thought I was pretty good at it. Uh -huh. um, no 
okay. And, uh, you know, I went to being an AI, uh, like a CDI in the military. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I put in a lot of resumes for different positions. I got accepted to, they told me I could get the job and then I told them, no, I don't want the job. Just wanted to see if my resume was good enough to, to get in there. QA. Uh, I moved into QA uh, uh, under a little bit of duress because really I didn't want to go that route. Um, but I had uh, good friends at work that said, no, this is where you need to be. And uh, my wife telling me you did QA before, that's, you know, and getting older and harder to work on the floor. Had a lot of medical problems since the Navy. Um, but I'm probably going to do the end of this year or next year. Really? And then I'm done. Uh, yeah. Um, we've been kind of planning and working towards that. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, your hobbies here, does this... Uh does that include your cars? It used to. It used to. Uh, I don't have, uh, how do you call it? I don't, I don't know if I'm getting older. I just don't have the ambition anymore. You know? Um, I like my cars, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, most of my hobbies and, that I had... I gotta find some new hobbies. <laughs> yeah, because I know you build model cars too. Yeah, I built a few. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, that's uh, told a friend at work, man. When I when I usually say something, I stick my foot out there in my mouth. Um, Chances are 99% I'm going to do what I said. Yeah. And uh, made a promise to a bunch of people, and it took me about a year to do it, and it took a lot, a lot of time, and Adrian quiet. Uh, and so I'm taking a break from that right now. Oh, are you? Okay. 14 models in a year that... Uh, maybe I'll get back into it later. Kind of burnt out. Burnt out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't build things for myself anymore because I don't have any room in my house uh, for things like that. Uh -huh. I've got too many things. So Too many plaques, too many other toys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, things people gather through their life. You know? yeah, and being in this house the, most of your life. We've been here for about 20-something years, 20, 21 or 22 years. A long time. Changed a lot of things. This house was uh, built in 1970, so it had all the 1970 tile and carpet. <laughs> and green and avocado green, and that's all gone now. But, yeah, shag but, yeah. carpet. Yep. <laughs> had shag carpet. Wood panel walls. Yeah, still got the panel. Oh, you still there, got those. 
But yeah, that's a, you know, it's uh, a good thing about a home. You make it what you want for you. Yeah. You know, but it never stops. The house never stops. Oh, no, absolutely not. How how comfortable do you feel here at the at the house? In my backyard, because I spend a lot of time in my backyard with my dogs. You have. Uh, I feel real comfortable due to the fact that there's nobody to bother me. Yeah. You know, it's probably the most. I mean, I I'm a talker. You know that, Louis. Uh, but usually I, I could talk to somebody for about five minutes and then I just, I really ain't got much more to say, you know? So. Is that something you just lose interest in people or? Just, uh, um, quite a few years just avoiding people. Isolating just, yourself. Just don't want to be around nothing. And, uh, Too many things that bother me, man. Uh, spiteful. Uh, how do you call it? Uh, people's just lack of uh, communication skills, I guess. There's been a lot you know, of that lately. There's a lot of things bothering a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I feel comfortable in my backyard. I don't really care if I go anywhere really yeah you know it's something I gotta work on now with your car you have what what kind of car is that out there it's not a ranchero but got a uh, 78 El Camino outside right yeah is that uh, something you've always wanted as a kid or no no uh my wife liked El Caminos, and a friend of hers bought this one brand new. So when the opportunity came to uh, buy it, knowing my wife liked that car, uh, we did that. Yeah. yeah. It's in pretty great shape. Pretty good shape. Yeah. It needs to get sold so that it can go in a garage. It needs to be out of the environment. Uh-huh. That's just me, you know. Yeah. Most people just park it. They don't care. No, but... You ever drive it around? Just yeah. Just go out for a little stroll or something? Take it to work, drive it a little bit. Yeah. I believe if you got cars like that, or even like my other car in the garage, it's, uh... If you're just going to let them sit in the garage, man, why have it? <laughs> but... My wife, my wife will tell me, quiet, quiet. My wife will tell you that I don't drive them enough. You know, mm-hmm. but they, they do get driven once. What in a while. kind of car do you have in the garage? Seventy Challenger. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's all. That's just like a house. Cars are just like a house. They're they're Never working. Stop. They're not, they constantly need something. Yeah. And it's a nice car, but it needs a lot of work. Does still. it? Like with the engine or? 
<coughs> I'd like to replace the engine and get a more radical motor, but just all the small stuff, uh, seals for the windows, things like that. that uh, the details. Uh, yeah, the small details. Yeah. Um, you know, and so they're just like, like I say, they're just like a house. When's the last time you took that out? A month ago. Was it a month ago? Sometimes it'll sit in the garage for three or four months. Then I might drive it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know it's uh, starting to be the springtime is is uh, taking it to a, like a, a car show. Does that interest you at all? It, it used to. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done a lot of car shows with other cars and, and uh, got a lot of trophies, a lot of plaques. Uh, that's not what I went to the show for, but if I got one, hey, that's, a, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I'm not the kind of person that goes there thinking I deserve a, a plaque just because I bring a car. So if this COVID ever quits, it would be nice to uh, go out uh, to a car show and talk to people, uh, watch people, I think, yeah. more. I like to watch people. But... Yeah, be neat. Sit down there, like in a chair, lounge chair, or something, and just keep watching the people go by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of tranquil. It's nice. But I, like I said, I've got away from doing that even before COVID, um, because of the way people. Sometimes they can, they can be real snobbish, you know. Like I said, they they expect this is what they when they go there they expect something, and yeah, or they'll tell me, man, you got robbed, you know, you should have got a trophy or something. It's like no, it doesn't bother me, man. Everywhere I take this green car. Uh, and then I look on the websites for the next car show for their thing. My car's on their th their picture. Is it? So it's getting recognition. Yeah. It? Not it does. You know, if they like it, that's great. Yeah. You know. But yeah. 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 Any plans for when you get uh, when you retire, like? You're gonna go fishing, or you're gonna go do this or that, or no, no, I've uh, I've never per I've never been a person that I think really had plans that I put out. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I'm gonna I just play it by the seat of my pants. If I wake up and decide to do something, that's great. I wake up and stay at my house all day. That's great too. Yeah, yeah. It's nice just to relax and not have anything to do. <coughs> and I, it, it, it just all goes back to man. I just I don't want. I'd rather just 
you left alone. I had to deal you with know. other people's stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, find it harder and harder to talk to people, so, like, yeah, I don't have any plans. Do you think that, uh, you're starting to isolate yourself again? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Definitely. Yeah, I don't want, uh, I don't want to have to be on guard ever. Inside me, wherever I go, it feels that I got to be on guard because some somebody's going to try something. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen me at work before where I don't say anything to nobody for a couple of weeks. I just, I just want to do my time out there and get out of there. Yeah. I, I do not enjoy where I work at all. I don't enjoy the people I work with uh, in my office. I don't find humor in finding stuff that people can get written up for. My job is compliance but I'd rather come down and, okay, hey, Louie, man, you gotta, you gotta clean that up or do this. Yeah. Not come down and go, oh, we found something. Now you're getting written up. It's, that's just not me. And, and, uh, for the last year or so, uh, I don't feel like I'm part of a team up there. I feel like I've been isolated from the team from day one. And, uh, it doesn't give me any satisfaction anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, if I didn't have people like you, uh, Marcel, Trish, some of those people at work, uh, Dave, Dave, and Dave, <laughs> Dave. Uh, I probably wouldn't even go to work anymore. I enjoy coming in the morning and asking, Louie, what do we got for lunch? <laughs> Hey, I still haven't given you anything. <laughs> I know. I tell it, you about my lunch, and I still haven't <laughs> given you anything. My no. wife's going to be very mad at you, or, or mad at me, as a matter of fact, because she's one of those types of people that if you have enough, you need to share. It's just something that I know that when I say it, you, you will lighten up, brighten up the area you're at, and just laugh. Yeah. And that's all I need for lunch. That's that absolutely, right and it does. It brings a smile to my face. It's uh, can tell when, how do you call it? When people are not feeling something bugging them, and I'm the kind of person that'll ask and everything okay, you know? Yeah. It matters to me that that to acknowledge, you know. To somebody that hey I'm I'm here if you need me because I've been down in the dumps and dug out of it and down in the dumps and dug out of it uh, to let them know that they're not alone. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You like to help people out if I can. Yeah. You know. 
I can. I, uh, I don't probably have that reputation at work because people, a lot of people think I'm like a asshole or whatever. But the only thing I want is for them to move forward and be good, stay out of trouble, you know? Yeah. But I've learned over the years, man, that, and I'm still learning that sometimes it's not my, my job to get in their business, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how much you care about them. But you can try. I can. Um, I don't think I'll ever stop doing it. I think it a lot less frequent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, <coughs> it's, it's one of those things that, uh, if you see it, you know that you need to step up and say something. Not, not because it's in policy or whatever, but just because it comes from your heart that you know that something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how many dogs do you have? Three. You have three dogs. One's a still a puppy. Got a baby and a, and a yeah, six months. Very protective of you. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. They're, she's a. They're all good dogs. Yeah. Could have done better training them, but you know what. If they do the basics and they're good, then, you know, uh, my wife takes them out walking. And when a four foot ten lady can walk, I don't know, 185 pounds of dogs, <laughs> and they're totally listened to her, yeah. then I think we've done okay. Well, I think you've done more than okay. Yeah, just, uh, do they bring you peace? Oh, yes. Yeah. They're the only thing, how do you call it? Uh, I used to tell people, man, you can mess with me all you want. You can mess with my wife until I think it's getting a little out there. Mess with my children all you want. But don't ever hit my dog. No. Because that'll unglue me. Yeah. No. They are uh, my. They are my family. They are my kids. They are my wife's kids. You know? No, I know exactly what that's like. It's the way my wife and my kids treat their dogs. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my my boxer sleeps with my oldest son, and my uh, English bulldog that we rescued sleeps with my younger son. Yeah. Yeah. We sleep with... 200 plus pounds of dogs every night on the bed. So <laughs> now they, uh, they know when you're happy. Yeah. They know when you're sad. They know when you're bad. And really all they want is to give you love. And I think that's all anybody wants is to be loved. You know? Yeah. So yeah, they're very high on my priority list. That's pretty awesome. Beautiful dogs though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, 
Now you spent, uh, how, how long did you spend redoing your backyard? Over one summer, I think, with a lot of help from the guys at work. The guys at work. I couldn't have done this by myself. No. And it, it's still in a work in progress. It's, at night it looks really neat. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it looks beautiful. It's, uh, I'm very, uh, very grateful, uh, to have people that would come over and help me do this. And, uh, can't repay them enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A long, it was a long summer with a, one dog with surgeries all summer long. Oh, that's right. Wife stuck in a bedroom with him for three months and out here every day trying to get this thing, uh, you know, uh, put together, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I've given up on growing grass because dogs pound <laughs> it to the ground, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they do a lot of that. But I bet, I bet you they're grateful for what they have, though. They are, uh, I think. They still have their fence wars with the dogs around, but uh, it's really funny because on one side of my house is four or five chihuahuas, and they start yapping, and all i got to tell these dogs is don't mess with the babies. And they don't bark at that fence. Oh, really? And the neighbor ladies asked me, does the dogs bother you? And I go, no. I said, I know when they start barking is when somebody comes home. And that's why the, our dogs have always been taught, you don't mess with the babies. Yeah. Um, but the other couple fences, they got, they play with the other dogs. One side, they want to fight each other. But <laughs> Do they? Yeah, they don't like that boxer, but they're good. They're good dogs. They haven't gone through the fence yet. No, no, no. Uh, my neighbor with the Chihuahuas has a Doberman over there, and he he just knocked one of the boards loose and came in one in my yard and started playing. Oh no! He, oh. But he was luckily we had a chain link gate right there at the end of the house. And, so he couldn't get to the our dogs. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it probably would have got ugly. But I got him back through the fence, and he was good to go. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> and they know when Bruce barks. That's just Bruce. Leave him alone. <laughs> just leave him alone. Yeah. You ever jump in the pool? Me? Yeah. Not as much as I used to. That's a bit. That's a big pond for my old or my male Dobie to go swimming in. <laughs> that's that's what it's there for, right? About the only the only one that swims <laughs> in it, really. We keep it up. He swims in it. Kind of funny. Yeah. Grandkids come over and use it, and uh, <coughs> that's fun. Yeah. Watching the grandkids. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they love it. Oh, they do. Yeah. You know. I see my kids when they jump around in the pool and play around and do all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. Well, you know, we bought the house to, with a pool to, so 
our daughters could have a swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And I thought they'd use it. Well, because both our houses on both sides of us have pools and had daughters over there. They were always at the neighbor's house. <laughs> were they? <laughs> so really what it came down to was, you know, uh, now we got a pool nobody uses. I mean, me and my wife, we'll go in there sporadically through the summer. Yeah, but it's got to get warm enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But how do you call it? Uh, at night, when the lights are on and the backyard's lit up, it's just, I, I wouldn't have a house without a pool. You know, people yeah. talk about maintenance, but, you know, it's like anything else, you got to do maintenance, so. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, you have a beautiful home here, Wes, and I would, I would like to thank you for all the times that you've uh, perked me up, and uh, and I appreciate you doing this. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that uh, when you do decide to retire, that uh, you have just a good time, just relaxing and not. Uh, Worrying about too much. Yeah. That's a plan. Yeah, that's you know? the plan. But no, I, how do you call it, man? Uh, like I said, it wouldn't be for people like you, you know, uh, you mean a lot to me just by being a friend and a person that honestly listens to people. Uh -huh. And you're very rare. Don't lose that. No. Uh -huh. don't, don't ever lose that. Yeah, I'm trying. And like I said before, I've... I think that if I uh, start listening to other people's perspectives, I can maybe I can start learning a, a thing or two about life. A friend, old friend of mine, Don Greenwood, he's kind of a biker guy. Uh, well, he's not kind of a biker, he's a biker. He told me one time that uh, you're made up of a little bit of everyone you've ever met. So I'm... I'm glad to have met you, uh, and hopefully a, a part of the way you conduct business every day, and I can blend into me, yeah. because I enjoy it. I think you're a very, uh, very compassionate person. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Well, I'd like to thank you, and uh, I appreciate everything you've done. Thank you, Louie. Well... That's it for now. I want to be clear on something. No one person ever grows up the same. Everyone has their own opinion and how they come up with it. That's why I started this, so that I can understand you and your guide to your path. If we all have different strengths, then maybe we can learn from each other.